know what's going on. Traffic. Very informative. And AccuWeather. It's important to know the weather forecast. Always come first. This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. Now on FM 1071. Yeah, baby. Wetty, wet, wet. Is it Friday yet? Not yet. We don't take the weekends off around here, you know. So you're going to be here until till the cows come home. Good morning. Well, it's wet. We told you that it was going to be, and it's wet. So give yourself some extra time. Wherever you're going this morning, trying to get into the office or wherever, you need a little extra time. It's slick. But it's going to be nice later today. We're going to talk about that. How about these really nice Hamas Palestinian terrorists? Aren't they great? Aren't they wonderful human beings? You know, like uh, they they all showed up in New York City last night trying to get in the way of the tree, uh, Christmas tree lighting, Rockefeller Center, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they were shouting, you know, free Palestine and all that kind of, you know, same thing, you know, get rid of the Jews. And they were carrying swastikas and all that right back to Germany in the 1930s. But, you know, Joe is apologizing to them. He's so sorry that he doesn't take their word that he doesn't believe the Palestinian terrorists. And they're so wonderful people that two of them showed up outside of Jerusalem yesterday and did a bunch of shooting and ended up with three dead and 11 others wounded just outside of Jerusalem, shot by Palestinian terrorists, wonderful human beings. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about that today. We've got the Ron DeSantis, Gavin Newsom debate tonight on the Hannity Show. Are you going to watch? Do you care? I, I'm, I, I'll, I'll see some highlights or some lowlights or something of it, but I, I'm telling you, I'm just not fired up about it. I'm, I, to me, this is a why, how comes. And I know that this is, uh, you know, the people on the DeSantis side, they're, they're really hoping that this will fire up his, his uh, campaign and give it a little juice as he goes up against uh, probably the most liberal Democrat in the country. So anyway, um, are you going to watch it tonight on Hannity's show? We got Chip Roy coming up this morning, and I'm going to ask him about that. He's a DeSantis backer. So I'm going to ask you about that. Also coming up in one hour, we're going to visit with Mark White, City Councilman District 10, about the CPS increase, which they're trying to get out of your, you know, get from you again, get into your hip pocket. So we're going to talk about that in one hour. I'm going to ask him about this story on KSAT 12, where they have been doing a deep dive into uh, the um, local DA. And just a couple of days ago, I had Danny Diaz on from san antonio police officers association if you remember and talked about these videos that they are releasing showing how the district attorney in bear county is releasing the bad guys putting the guy, bad guys back on the street and the district attorney said we're not doing that we're not doing well story on ksat today a new bear county quarterly report showing an increase in the amount of misdemeanor and felony criminal cases dismissed by the district attorney's office more than 6,000 criminal cases dismissed by the DA's office in just three months alone. This is the Bear County Judicial Management Report. It's released quarterly, and for the second quarter of 2023, that's January through March, the report noted that 6,017 cases were dismissed in that three-month time frame, and that includes felony cases. In the previous quarter, there were 3,978 dismissed cases. So in the second quarter, you almost doubled the number of cases that the DA 
is dismissing and turning these people, these criminals, back out on the streets to prey on people. So tell me how this is good for Bear County. 210-599-5555. A KSAT analysis from the story of the country's or the county's prior reports indicate the dismissal numbers for Gonzalez's office have been consistently higher than that of the previous Nico LaHood administration. On average, Gonzalez dismisses 45.7% more cases than LaHood according to the analysis. So what we have here is a DA who is saying the police is not doing their job when clearly he's not. When clearly he is not prosecuting cases. He's not doing what he's there to do. He is there to prosecute and gain convictions of the bad guys and girls in our community so that they get locked up and removed from the community so they're not a problem. But when you're releasing and dismissing 6,000 cases in a two-month period, is that a bit of a problem for you? 210-599-5555. Are you bothered by that at all? And, of course, as Danny Diaz said on the show two days ago, and I've mentioned this before, when you turn on the TV and you see the local news, how many people getting shot in San Antonio, you can't keep track of it anymore. And how many violent crimes are going on in San Antonio, you can't keep track of it anymore. And part of the reason, I, I would venture to say most of the reason, is that there's no consequence anymore. What do they care they know that in most cases, they're going to get away with it. That the police are going to arrest them and take them downtown, and in less than a day, the police are going to see these same people right back on the streets of our community. And we're not talking Los Angeles or Chicago or New York or Miami. We're not talking about any place like that. We're talking about San Antonio, Texas. 6,000, more than 6,000 criminal cases, including felonies, being dismissed by the DA's office in three months, according to their own facts and figures, by the way. Well, one of the things the DA said the other day when when uh, when Danny Diaz first posted that first video, oh, well, those are not real numbers and so on, and Danny came on the show and he said, no, these are the numbers from them, from their office. These are not my numbers. These are not made-up numbers. This is not some think tank number. These are numbers actually from their office. And why did they lose? Why did 20, 20 prosecutors leave the DA's office this year? 20. Now, you could, you know, one or two to retirement or one or two because they got a gig at a law firm somewhere or something like that. 20 have walked out. 20. And they tell the San Antonio Police Officers Association, they tell them the reason they left is because they're not allowed to do their job, which is to prosecute the bad guys and get them off the streets of Bear County. So you bet I'm going to ask Mark White about this and what he thinks about this as being on the city council uh, from District 10. Because that, my friends, is one of the biggest issues that we are going to face locally. We are facing locally, but we are going to face it locally. Uh, I was just having a, a conversation off the air with Don Morgan about Oregon and some of the stuff that goes on up in Oregon. And I've been telling you that these guys that have gone soft on crime in various uh, cities, in various states, 
it runs business out of those communities. It runs, you know, good people out of those communities because good people move away because they want to be in safety. And it is a complete abdication of their duties. Their duty as a municipal government or a county government, either or, is number one, safety of the community. First responders, police, fire, etc. Making sure that we are safe, that we have the proper number of police, they're able to do their jobs, we have the proper number of fire guys, they're able to do their jobs, and that we're all safe. That's it. That's, that's really pretty much the limit of municipal government. Um, and, and yet, when you turn it over to a bunch of liberals, as this county and this city has been turned over to a bunch of liberals, this is what you get. You get chaos in the streets, you get a rise in crime, and you get people who are scared to be places in their own community at various times of the day or night, weekends, holidays, or whatever, because of the rising crime rate. And this is why you get a rising crime rate. When you go soft on crime, as I've always said, and every parent knows this, you get more of what you reward and less of what you punish. And so rewarding criminals for criminal behavior by dismissing their cases means more criminal behavior. Take a quick break. 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. Faith Hill touches the hearts of a lot of people when she sings. 520. Good morning. Does that wake you up or not? Yeah. I'm looking at two Dons who are bobbing their heads. Let me look at Elaine. Elaine's bobbing her head. That's Frank Sinatra on KTSA. <laughs> Al Martino. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what was the first thing you said to me? Do you remember this morning when you got here? You don't remember. The first thing you it said to me was... probably something off color. Well, no, 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 no. It was, it's, it's terrible. You said, uh, I, I, I thought Henry Kissinger was dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, no, I said, how many people are waking up this morning oh. saying, I thought Henry Kissinger died years ago. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. What it, that's what it was. Well, he's dead now. And uh, he was known as Washington's greatest swinger. Well, there. Yeah, see, that's why you come to this show, because yeah. you're going to hear stuff that they're not going to tell you on the other channels. He said power is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. And he got around D.C. quite a bit. Uh, here's a list. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. I'll get into the other stuff hey, in a minute. Even Ben Franklin waiting for him at the pearly gates is like, hey, pal. Hey, hey look at you. Maybe you should have calmed down a little bit. Yeah. Candace Bergen, right. Shirley MacLaine. Jill St. John, and by the way, she was a Bond girl, Mm -hmm. and it was rumored for quite some time that the two of them were married, and they both said, oh, no, we weren't. Really? Mm. So anyway, uh, Marlo Thomas, Liv Ullman, Samantha Egger, and Diane Sawyer, when she was a White House staffer, he was known as the big playboy. In fact, in a 1972 poll of play, uh, Playboy or Playball uh, Club Bunnies, that would be Playboy Club Bunnies, Kissinger came out on top as the bunny's choice for the man I would most like to go on out on a date with. How now, about that? He's always looked p- 
portly and yeah. had the glasses and all of that, you know. And uh, they like did, a civics professor or something. You, well, yeah. he was. Right. In fact, he, he, he came from Harvard, and he didn't teach civics, but he taught, you know, uh, history and all of these things. Might have had some civics in there, I guess, Probably. maybe. And let's see, he did an interview in which Kissinger asked the journalist Candy Stroud if she was trying to seduce him during the interview, noting that he liked her hot pants very much. That's back in a time when women wore hot pants. Be and back know, in seventy. And you know what's funny? That's the first thing you said to me this morning. It's exactly yeah. right. I like, I like your, your hot, hot pants. pants very much. <laughs> in fact, quote, in fact, she said, if you ask Henry how he likes being called Washington's greatest swinger, he replies unabashedly, that's no compliment. That's faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> he was rumored to be dating and married to uh, Jill St. John at the time of the interview. Anyway, mm-hmm. power... Right. The ultimate aphrodisiac, uh, the man said, and boy, did he have it. Boy, did he have the power. Yeah. And apparently used it to his benefit. I mean, you know, this too, hello. Candace Bergen? Yes. Jeez. Candace Bergen. Dang, I was kind of shocked I'm, by I'm that. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Shirley McLean in 75, Jill St. John, Marlo Thomas. That one kind of shocked me, too. Marlo mm. Thomas? That girl. Yes. Yeah, way back when. Liv Ullman, Samantha Egger, Diane Sawyer was shocking, too. Yeah. And Again. Yeah. Congratulations. I <laughs> just, you know, uh, well, he, uh, of course, came here from Germany to escape Hitler when he was 15 with his family. Right. And was always considered to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And at one point, smartest guy in the world. And the other smartest guy in the world, our contemporary smartest guy in the world, uh, told people to go blank themselves yesterday. And I'll tell you about that. <laughs> We have the sound, but we'll, we'll do a bleep. So anyway, um, and that's Elon Musk. Right. Uh, but today, Henry, I'm sure Henry Kissinger said that to a few people. He might have said it to Deng Xiaoping at some yeah, time. Probably. I don't know, maybe. Maybe even Nixon. He might have said it to Nixon. <laughs> well, see, now here's the thing about their relationship. When Nixon brought him in, he brought him in as NSA, not as Secretary of State yet, NSA. And he kind of rewrote the whole NSA, National Security Advisory thing, in that uh, he and Nixon did a lot of stuff worldwide without the Secretary of State at that time even knowing mm-hmm. or being involved. Right. That the NSA and the president were very close and shared a lot of stuff that they didn't tell anybody about. Uh, a lot of stuff they were doing that included Vietnam that he got the Nobel Prize for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peace Prize and stuff like that, that the Secretary of State at that time had no idea that it was going on. Uh, and, of course, we have the whole uh, Laos and Cambodia bombing thing that's, you know, controversial as far as, you know, and that's always going to be a controversy that people are going to uh, fight over. But in 69, he was brought in as the NSA to uh, uh, Richard Nixon and then moved on from there to become the Secretary of State and then advised many, many presidents uh, after that. So uh, he certainly was uh, a mover and shaker, and, and uh, he, he even said at many times we have posers in here in this, in this town that aren't really trying to get anything done. A statesman has vision and then gets to work bringing that vision to a reality which is what he did i didn't agree with his vision his vision is a globalist one world uh you know not america first but all these countries i didn't agree with him and i i you know uh, not kicking him while he's you know dead now but because i've said this for years i never agreed with uh, henry kissinger's vision 
of we have a one world and a one world government and we're going to head in that one world government direction and so on uh, for, for any number of reasons. So I, I just I, I disagreed with that. Uh, but certainly you can't uh, belie the fact that he was probably, uh, if not the most influential foreign policy figure of the last century, he's up the top of the list when it comes to it. You know, If he's not number one in our country, is because e- even when he was out of power, presidents, they still called right. him, you know, and, yeah. and people in other countries. You know, and he would pop up on TV quite often as well. Yes, he would. You know, they would bring him in to discuss the matters of the day. And, yes, he would. Yeah. In fact, uh, I know many people who would get on an elevator in New York, and he would be on the elevator, just <laughs> no secret service or anything, just right. riding the elevator. Yeah. And uh, they would have a brief conversation while they were going floor to floor. And this was recently. Yep. Uh, recently, Xi Jinping, not Deng Xiaoping, by the way, right. which is what Joe said yesterday. Yep. Deng has been out of power for a long time. In fact, Deng's been dead for a long time. Yeah, you got to know your Jinping. <laughs> so I don't think Joe talked to him in the Himalayas last week. Yeah, probably. He said yeah. that, but uh, we have that tape, too. We're going to get to that. That sound here, here in a little bit. But anyway. Uh, he was honored by Xi Jinping just back in July, uh, mm-hmm. who called him out and said, "Hey, man, you know he was he was a great world leader and so on." So, anyway, Kissinger dead at the age of one hundred. It's just amazing when you live that long, anyway. Yeah, you know. So and accomplished the things he accomplished, agree or not. Yeah, you know, pretty full life. Well, sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He could have I mean, been Candace Bergen, right? Yeah, that alone. Yeah. He could have hung it up on that. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest swinger. Biggest swinger. Now, now, that today that means something a little bit different. Right. Right. That's, yeah. a, that's a different connotation. Back then, a swinger was a free-living, fun-loving. Yeah. Man about town. That's it. That, right. was a, that was a swinger. You're a real swinging dude. Yeah. You know, different, different deal back then. Anyway, he, uh, at 100, and uh, by the way, this week we, you know, we had the, the funeral of, of Rosalind Carter. Right. And we saw Jimmy Carter for the first time in a long time at, mm-hmm. uh, at 99, and you just pray for him. Yeah, definitely. You know, what's going on yeah. with him. You lose somebody that you've been married to for that long, and that was your sweetheart for that 70, long. 77 years? That's just amazing. And that yeah. uh, that letter that he had written to Rosalind. Oh, that, that Amy read? Yeah, oh, oh, God. oh my <laughs> gosh. Put Beautiful. The, put the rest of us to shame. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks a lot, guy. Yeah, that was no Hallmark card. <laughs> oh, man. man, what a beautiful letter. All right, yeah. we'll take a quick break. Come right back. I'll take your calls. And at uh, at 535, Joe Biden joking about blowing up the world. No, I'm not kidding. I'll tell you about it coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, Danny Bose here from Southwest Metal Roofing System. Applejack needs your help, and there are three ways to give. Pick one or all three. Donate at KTSA.com. Buy from the Amazon wish list or shop and drop with our sponsor location. See Rapping with Jack at KTSA.com for all the ways to help. And make sure you tell your KTSA non-listening friends about Family Service Association and Rapping with Jack. Presented by Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat and AC, and in part by River City Oral Surgery, Copenhagen Contemporary, Furniture and Institute for Functional Health. I feel fine. I feel fine. I do. I got steam on this train. I got fire in my veins. I feel fine. And it's uh, 537 now at 550 KTSA FM 1071, the Trayware page at KTSA.com. Yes, next Wednesday. 
We're all fired up and ready for Rapping with Jack out at the Blue Bonnet Palace, and we're going to try to get with him and get him on the radio, and let's talk about it a little bit. <sighs> okay, so the Business Insider article I told you about earlier this week has all these fantasies about Donald Trump dying. And if he dies, this is what's going to happen. If he dies, this is what's going to happen. Yet, we can all see, every one of us can look at Joe Biden and see a man who's not doing well. In fact, <laughs> if if the school bus driver that you took your kid to today spoke like Joe is fixed, would you put your kid on that bus and let your kid ride with a bus driver that sounds like Joe Brazen? So the cocktail of the meds is not being mixed correctly for Joe these days. And the dementia or whatever it is he's got, whatever it is, I don't know, is getting worse and worse. And, of course, the media, they dress it all up and they pretty it all up and all that kind of stuff. So hot mic yesterday, he's in Colorado. And he's talking to some people at a wind turbine plant because that's the future of the world. Wind turbines. And in a hot mic moment, he walks over to one of the workers, and he's being introduced to the guys who are standing. You know, you know they do that. And this is what he had to say to the worker. This is Nick. Hey, Nick. This is uh, Nick. Oh, Reed. Now, look, my, my Marine carries that. It has a code to blow up the world. That doesn't, this is not nuclear weapons, oh, is no. it? All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my Marine carries that code to blow up the world. So, Nick, oh, now look, my, my Marine carries that. It has a code to blow up the world. Uh, folks, that's, a, that's like an hourly employee working at a factory making these big windmills out in the middle of the fields, and he just walks, slow Joe, just walks up to him and says what you just heard. Now look, my... My Marine carries that. It has a code to blow up the world. Now, look, there's never a good time to joke about blowing up the world when you're a presidente. There's never a good time. But when the world is at the precipice of World War III and people like Vladimir Putin says, you know, I could go nuke and end this whole thing over in Crimea and over in Ukraine, and China is over there saying we're going to fly to the balloon over America. It's really a bad time to joke about nuclear warfare as the president of the United States, don't you think? Now look, my, my Marine carries that. It has a code to blow up the world. Now, I want to point something out real quick because I know history. Do you remember when Ronald Reagan was getting ready to sign on and do this speech live from the Oval Office? And he put the mic on, you know, and he went, testing, one, two, three, I'm here to tell you that we, and this is all testing off air, right? Testing, one, two, three, one, two, three, I'm here to tell you I just signed a legislation that outlawed Russia. We begin bombing in five minutes. And the media rode Ronald Reagan until he died. Until the day he died, they rode him for joking around like that. Has the media said one word about this? One. 
Did you hear it on ABC on my beloved radio station? Did you see it on CNN? Did CBS talk about it? Did NBC talk about it? Of course not. Of course not. They rode Ronald Reagan. But this guy jokes about blowing up the entire world as if it's a funny little game. And you know what? He's 80, 81. Uh, the last guy you want having the codes is an 81-year-old senile, dementia, whatever we've got going on with this guy. The last guy you want having the codes is this guy. Now look, my, my Marine carries that in. Has a code to blow up the world. Now I have a whole lot of other cuts, um, and let me just go through because of this speech, Don. I don't I don't know if they're ready or not, but I I, I can just say them so you don't have to worry about playing them if they're not ready. But um, it was a 23 minute speech, and at one point he said to these people that are from South Korea who are at this plant, "quote I am friends with your leader, Mr. Moon. You know." Well, okay, you got it? Go ahead. But, but I am friends with your leader, Mr. Moon. You know, we're, we're, we're good guys. Did you hear all of that? I am friends with your leader, Mr. Moon, you know. And then followed it with gibberish. Go ahead. But, but I am friends with your leader, Mr. Moon. You know, we're, we're, we're good guys. Okay. Again, let me go back to the school bus. You take your child to the bus stop, and the bus driver opens the door to get your kid on, and the school bus driver goes, (laughs) Are you going to put your kid on the school bus? Are you? This guy's running the world. (laughs) By the way, just so we're clear, Mr. Moon left office year before last. Mr. Moon is not the leader of South Korea. The current South Korean president is Yoon suk Yeol, and has interacted with Biden on a number of occasions, even honored by Joe Biden in April at a second state dinner since taking office. So he should actually know who the leader of South Korea is, and it's not Mr. Moon. I mean, this thing, this speech yesterday, he's either got mental issues, which I believe, or he was wasted, which could be both. It might be both. He might be nipping at the vodka. He was there, the White House said he was going there as a planned attack on Lowen Bobert for opposing his economic bills. He said, quote, we can use a billionaire minimum tax to strengthen the Social Security and Medicare system instead of cutting them like Congressman Trump and Boebert want to do. Can somebody please tell me when Donald Trump became a congressman? We could use it to strengthen the Social Security and Medicare system instead of cutting them or like Congressman Trump and Bob would want to do. Again, the school bus doors open up and you got six-year-old little Charlie with you. 
and the school bus driver sounds like this. Do it again, Don. We could use it to strengthen the Social Security and Medicare system instead of cutting them or like Congressman Trump and Bob were going to do. You going to put six-year-old little Charlie on a school bus with a school bus driver sounding like that? He also went on to reminisce about what he said was a conversation with the late Chinese leader Deng Xiaoping, who died in 1997. I said this to Deng Xiaoping in the Himalayas, and I've said this to every world leader. It's never, 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 never been a good bet to bet against the American people as he leaned over and whispered that into the microphone. Okay, um, first of all, the Chinese president is Xi Jinping, not Deng. Deng has been dead since 1997. So, here we sit with this guy supposedly going to be the nominee for the Democrat Party for next year. And he cannot form a coherent sentence. As I said, there's any number of things that are going on here. Number one is he's got serious cognitive mental health issues that he's dealing with. You don't joke about nuclear war and my guy's got the nuclear codes. You don't call Donald Trump Congressman Trump. You don't say, hey, I'm friends with your President Moon. And Moon has been gone for a couple of years now. You don't say things like that. You don't say, I'm friends with Deng Xiaoping. I was just telling him the other day when Deng Xiaoping died in 1997. <laughs> so I'm just curious. For those of you who say you're supporting him, why? <laughs> really seriously. <laughs> Do you need any more evidence as to why this guy shouldn't be anywhere near the White House? much less in the Oval Office, the most powerful office on planet Earth. Do you need any more evidence? <laughs> why? Now, again, I, I do realize why the morons out there don't know, because, again, did you hear any of that on ABC? Did you hear any of that on any of the other networks? And that's my point. They're going to cover for this guy like you've never seen a cover job as long as they have him as the nominee. And I predict, as I've been predicting since he got into office, that they will remove him and not run him in the upcoming presidential race. But I want you to think about that. Every time you hear him speak and you hear that, I want you to think about that school bus and whether or not you would put your six-year-old child on a school bus being driven by somebody who sounds like he sounds. Back in a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA. Now look, my, my Marine carries that in. It has a code to blow up the world. Lab-grown diamond wholesale prices have crashed. In a smoky room, a smell of wine and cheap perfume. For a smile they can share the night, it goes on and 1983 on. with Journey. Best rock and roll voice ever, ever was Steve Perry. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. Saw, saw a picture of him the other day. He put up a, he tweeted out a, a picture with Neil Sadaka. And I thought, I, I saw that. Did you yeah. see that? And I'm thinking, that's powerhouse right there. Yeah. 
two falsetto singers like that right. in the same place. Great songwriters, too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, Spotify's out with their wrap-up of 2023. Yeah, what did, you, what did you find your most streaming song of the year was this well, year? Last Night by Morgan Wallen was the most played song on right. Spotify. What was yours? Overall. Gosh, man, I you know, I have been, uh, well, first of all, I've been in an oldies kick all of 2023, so I right. was doing a whole lot of Chuck Berry, Fats right. Domino, all that stuff. And so your most streamed song was At the Hop by Probably. Danny and the Juniors. Might have been, <laughs> might have been, Maybelline or something yeah. like that, you right. know. But I've been doing a lot of Stevie, too. Right. I've been hung on a Stevie Ray Vaughan kick, man. I will keep watching the videos and everything, so it's going to be a tight race. I don't know. I haven't checked my my stats okay. yet, but yeah. uh, the, the now everybody probably knows. And Elaine, this is just for you. The most streamed artists this year, Taylor Swift, of course. Yeah. Twenty six billion plays of Taylor Swift. I know you're. You love her, don't you? You think she's wonderful, and so I love her, but she's just a marketing genius. Uh huh. Yeah. It, you know what? You're right. She Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yep. You're good for her. I mean, she's a grown <laughs> woman. She's 34 years old, but she still, you know, acts like she's playing her guitar in her mom's room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone's now, like, "Oh, look at her and Travis are going to get married." I'm like, she's grown. Uh, right? Fox News has a story up this morning about his. Uh, his little love word for her, oh what he calls Lord. her, Tay Tay, Tay Tay, yeah, Tay Tay. Does he really? And that's sweet. That's so adorable. Like man. I puked in my mouth a little. <laughs> I, I really did. I kind of threw up. Tay Tay. And I don't don't know if I'd want to be called a potato either. But because <laughs> that's that's what you call potatoes to kids. You want Tay Tay? Well, it's a good thing. He- he didn't call her Tatas. <laughs> well, you know, could be no, next. That's what she calls him. <laughs> so, okay, most streamed artist, Taylor Swift. Number two, Bad Bunny. And number three, The Weeknd. You know what? And I, I can honestly say that out of all of them, I think I've listened to The Weeknd a handful of times. And the other two, not once not me on too. Spotify. Me too. I'm, I'm with of course, you. My, my son Thomas has hijacked my Spotify account. Right. So right. my most streamed artist is probably Iron Maiden or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, up. he loves that stuff. We, you know, the same thing. We we pay for Spotify so that Annabelle has it. Yeah. And she listens to, she's a girl 16, and she listens to every artist you can imagine. It doesn't matter. She's not hung yeah. on, you know, The weekend. although she's liked s- several songs by him. Right. And she's not hung on Taylor, although she likes some songs by her. She'll listen to the Bee Gees and... I mean, go back in the, like dustbin times, man, and she'll listen to stuff like that. Swift was also Artist of the Year by Apple Music, voted Artist of the Year on Apple for the same reason, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, she, <laughs> oh my gosh, here's that marketing thing you're talking about, Elaine. She generated $5 billion this year. And the year ain't over with she yet. She had a big year. She had the concert, and God. then she had the movie The out. movies and all that right. stuff. Yeah, five yeah. billion. New wow. boyfriend that's got a job. That yeah. always helps. Yeah. Did you see him driving in that $400,000 Bentley yesterday? Four hundred grand. Man, they're paying him well. Or she is. <laughs> Either one. A little gift from Tay-Tay. That's right. Back in a minute. KTSA.
apart. And away we go for the 6 o'clock hour. Tomorrow is going to be the 1st of December. Today is the 30th of November. It's wet. It's going to be wet all morning. So give yourself some extra time so you don't get in a hurry. And run through a corner real fast and flip over. I think that's what happened to this car just a couple of minutes ago that's upside down. We have had a spate of all these cars getting upside down. So be careful out there, okay? All right. Well, let's dive into a couple of local issues that you have been concerned about because I hear from you. And I'm concerned about both these local issues as well. And one of them happens to be the CPS rate increase. They're trying to get into your hip pocket again, which I'm calling nothing more than a tax increase. I'll explain that in a minute. I talked to you about this before Thanksgiving. We'll get into that. And then I want to talk about the DA and the more than 6,000 criminal cases that have been dismissed by the DA's office in less than three months. So I want to get into all that and more with City Councilman from District 10, Mark White, who's joining me on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Councilman, it's great to have you back on this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. What do you think about uh, CPS coming to the City Council and wanting another rate increase? Well, look, they did it in 2021. Uh, They're back now. Uh, They've actually been um, pretty straightforward saying they're coming back in 25 and 27 again. And as you mentioned, this is nothing more um, than a tax. And it, it's another attempt by our city government to, to use our citizens as a piggy bank. And uh, we're going to do everything we can to try and fight it over the next week. Yeah, as I understand it, the, it it's you and maybe two others, maybe, who are set against uh, the rate increase. Um, and and I, I, I like how they're selling this. It's less than $5 a month. Hey, how can you say no to that? Yeah, yeah right. It, it's, it's the classic case of uh, they, they said, oh, it's going to be over 5 And, oh, look, okay, we'll do you a favor here. We'll drop it just under 5 at the last minute to try to act like uh, they're doing something good. But you're right. There's at least two others um, that, that are against this. And I've been going uh, door-to-door down at City Hall trying to find – um, some more. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that may end up happening here um, that I think we're going to propose in the next day or so is, listen, guys, if, if I can't have five other votes to completely shut this down altogether, what about if we can at least cut this rate increase in half? Because, again, it's just not right that the citizens have to bear the entire burden uh, of, of this increase, you know? So well, what about us at City Hall uh, cutting our spending, right? Because that's at the end of the day, that's the problem. We take 14% of CPS's revenue every year, and then we spend it on a bunch of things uh, where, frankly, it's just wasteful spending. We don't have the metrics to determine if these programs are working. We've got people stealing money. I think you saw that uh, article the other day about Prosper West, where we've had no oversight uh, with what's going on with our money, and they're just they're just uh, abusing it. And so we've got to do a better job on our end of where we spend our money. If we cut our spending, we wouldn't have to take as much from CPS, and we wouldn't have to go to the citizens and ask for more money. And so these are the things I'm going to be talking about at the briefing today and pushing my colleagues on over the next week to try to find uh, five more votes to, to try to minimize the burden that, that the people are going to have to uh, – to bear here at 14 percent of revenues how much money did came from cps to san antonio this year uh well it, it was oh god i wish i could give you the exact number but it was a lot and, and you saw that that the cps revenue actually exceeded 
what we thought it was going to be, and we got a windfall of an extra $20 million right at the end of the day, um, to which, you know, of course, my council colleagues said, hey, let's go and spend that on a bunch of other things um, as well. But it's a it's a huge portion of our uh, general fund budget each year. Um. Maybe close to the hugest because it's a it's a truckload of money that CPS dumps on on city council every year, and so you're telling me that it was a twenty million dollar overage that they were able to give the city because they're charging so much, um, and part of that, yeah, that that's right. Okay, and part of that goes back to. The Paula Gold Williams days, when we had the big freeze here, and she was completely unprepared uh, for the big freeze and had to go out in the open market at the last minute and buy some power and, of course, bought it at inflated prices, and that is now passed on to CPS customers. They're now paying for all of that. Uh, and, And look how much extra money there is at the end of the day. And that's why, Councilman, I call this nothing more than a tax increase. That's all this is. Um, people on council, and you know, this is just politics as a whole, they know they can't come to the people and say, I want a tax increase of X amount of dollars. So they, they roll it into what's called fees, and they go through these municipal organizations, and that's what this is. It's a city-owned entity. It's not supposed to be a for-profit it's supposed to be a, a city-owned utility, but yet it's the biggest profit generator I think that the city has, other than just you know out-and-out sales taxes and property taxes and so on. That they're sitting on this gold mine over there, and they can continue to come back to to the to the citizens of of the area and charge them more and more and more because you got to have power. This time of day, you got to be able to turn the lights on and get yourself a cup of coffee before you head out so they can just continue to pile on these rate increases and nobody can stop them because you got to have power, and they know it, and it's nothing more than a tax increase. That's all this is. It's an increase in taxes. 100% right, and let me add one more thing to that. When, when Mayor Nuremberg got into office, right, he puts forth this new Go Green plan, right? I don't remember. I don't know if you remember that. I do. He said, hey, we're adopting, we're adopting the Paris Accord, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to get rid of coal uh, and do all of that. And so what he's directed, what city council, before I got on, directed CPS to do was to shut down the Spruce One coal plant mm-hmm. 20 years prior uh, to, to its natural uh, end, to, to its natural life cycle. Right. Um, And so we just that plant was responsible, you know, for bringing in an additional one hundred and thirty million dollars. Right. In excess revenue, uh, because we we could sell we could sell energy around the state over the past couple of years. Right. But now, because we're shutting it down, we've got to pay for that. And and it's it's expensive. And once again, we, we put this plan into place without any idea of how to pay for it. And now we're going to the citizens and asking them to do it. Uh, it's just simply not right. Well, and asking them to pay for all the other largesse that the city council wants to spend the money on, uh, and it is uh, out of control. So you're right about cutting spending, and I think that the answer to the to the people at CPS is an absolute hard no. I mean, I sit here every day, Mark, and I look through the facts and figures of people and what they're dealing with in their lives today and how they're trying to make ends meet. On whole, Americans are having to spend an additional $11,240 a year just to make ends meet. It's no wonder why Americans are going deeper and deeper in a hole. And along comes CPS for a tax increase. 
That's all it is for a tax increase. If they're able to hand millions and millions and millions and tens of millions, possibly hundreds of millions over to the city of San Antonio with this 14% deal, that's a tax increase. They've got a ton of money over there. They don't need a rate increase. 100%. You know, we got inflation's up, interest rates are up, wages here in San Antonio and around the country are stagnant. People Correct. are paying more for groceries, gas, and everything. And so right at this time, when things are hard, the city wants our people to pay more. And I'll tell you quickly, you know, I was in an Uber uh, two, two weeks ago, and I was talking on the phone to somebody about this and how this is going to raise everybody's annual bill approximately 50 bucks. And, and, and the Uber driver stopped me when, when we got where we were going, and he said, hey, you know, I overheard your conversation, and I just want you to know that this is my second job. You know, I'm barely making ends meet. I'm driving Uber to help support my family and that extra fifty dollars a year that you're talking about is really going to hurt me and you know that that is something that i've been again i've been telling that story to my colleagues people down at city hall and in government just forget that uh that the average man and woman out there are working hard they're trying to support their families uh and we're not making it easier on them by by asking them to pay more uh on their cps bill so um look we're going to do everything we can to try and either completely eliminate the rate increase because that's what I want to do. Um, but if I can't get the other five votes there, I'm at least going to try and say, hey, guys, compromise with me here. Let's cut this in half. Let's cut some spending on the city side and do right by the people. When you talk about how much it is per year at 50 bucks or whatever, I don't care if it's 50 cents, okay? It's not needed, and it's not one of those things that should be put on the backs of the citizens of San Antonio to have them pay, whether it's $50 or 50 cents or 5 cents or whatever it turns out to be. Um, and look, w the real danger with, with all this left-wing politics that's going on in San Antonio, and I deal with it. I've been here 60 years, so I, I've seen the transformation in just the last few years under the leadership of this mayor. The real danger comes in the numbers of people that are evacuating San Antonio and they're going to Bernie and they're going down south to Pleasanton and they're going out to the east side to Sulphur Springs and wherever to get out of San Antonio proper and business as well. Because they're not going to put up for this for too long, and the next thing you know, you're going to have a real hard time meeting the, the revenue projections with, with San Antonio. I absolutely. Could, could not agree more, and, and I heard you mention the situation uh, with our district attorney as well a minute ago. That's, that's another uh, huge problem uh, that, that we have here uh, in the city and really in the county. Uh, and so what I would love for your listeners to do is we've got a week to go on this thing. We need people calling in to their council person, um, leaving voice messages, uh, leaving emails, and, and telling these folks down there, hey, don't forget about us. Do not raise our rates uh, because, you know, that can have an impact. And so we've still got a week to fight this, and we've got we've to keep on pushing. Yeah, absolutely right. Councilman Mark White, District 10, thank you as always. I appreciate having you on the show this morning. So get in touch with your council person and let them know how you feel about this. Thanks again, Councilman. 210-599-5555. When I get back on the other side of the break, I got all this sound here that I want you to hear from Joe Biden yesterday and Elon Musk as well. That's coming up. But first, Uvalco, what a great group of folks they are at 
Uvalco. That's Dan Eason and his team over there. I want you to head on out to Uvalco. Test drive the all-new Roxor from Mahindra. The Roxor by Mahindra is this side-by-side that's modeled after the old Willys Jeeps from 1947, but it has the latest technology and Mahindra's four-cylinder turbo diesel engine that is so powerful. It's all you need this hunting season. It really, really is. You can accessorize it any way you want to with the bigger tires, the gun rack, the winch, the extra lights. It's all steel, so the possibilities are endless what you can do to it. At Uvalco, they can even wrap your new Roxor any color you want, even mossy oak camo, which looks really cool. And uh, I want you to check out and see if you qualify for 0% interest or a $3,000 rebate. And right now, Mitch and Trey wear and get $300 credit toward any accessory of your choice when you buy a Roxor. Make that easy drive to Uvalco in Uvalde, Bernie, Hondo, or Bandera. AccuWeather forecast, these showers are going to taper off a little bit later on today. A high of 71, going to be sunny and nice tomorrow and 76. And right now it's 60 at KTSA. Good morning, Slick Street and a lot of fog. As you Dude, how do? You doing all right? Oh, yeah. You know, we're close to 50 years on that one, right? Ozark Mountain Daredevil. Jackie Blue. (laughs) If you want to get to heaven, you've got to raise a little hell, they said, too. All right, a couple of uh, a couple of texts I got here, 210-599-5555. You can call, text, or even email me. That's old-fashioned these days, isn't it? Emailing? Woo, that's old technology. Trey at KTSA.com is T-R-E-Y. Great call with Mark. Please share this clip on Facebook so we can share it and call out our city council. So Elaine will take care of that. She will get that call and, uh, and make sure everybody can hear it. Keep playing Stevie Ray Vaughan and include your son's music earlier as I don't get to hear it as I uh, am working. We always end the show with my son, Justin, who uh, was just loved Stevie Ray Vaughan. And there were times, um, <laughs> I've shared this before, I think, there were times I'd walk by his bedroom and he was practicing guitar and I couldn't tell the difference. I, couldn't, I didn't know if he was listening to Stevie Record or if, if it was him playing because he used to play along with the Stevie Records. And I used to tell him, son, there's already a Stevie. <laughs> you got to do Justin, which he ended up doing, and we play his music at the end of the day, <clears throat> end of the show. Um, the Tesla truck is going to be out today. It's going to cost you $50,000. Sci-Fi meets Texas in a truck. I think Elon's even going to throw some Lone Star beer cans in the tr- in the back of the truck, so it really is a Texas truck at that point because it looks like something from sci-fi. You know, yeah. the way this thing looks, it doesn't look right. Texas at all. I think a, a great way to unveil this would be, you know, because the Cowboys are playing tonight. You know, have a tailgate party there outside. That's the a great idea. A couple of couple of Tesla trucks. Bring the team in in the, in the, the bed of Tesla yeah. trucks. That'd I think awesome. it's a great idea if you called Elon about that. No, he told me to lose his number. Uh, <laughs> you know what he told you? Yeah. <laughs> Same thing he told Bob <laughs> So yesterday, he's on live television. They're having this thing with New York Times and NBC and all this, right? And they got this interviewer, and he's asking these questions of, you know, big heads. Like, uh, well, Kamala was there. She refused to answer any questions, but she was there. And then Elon's time was was uh, up, and he was being asked about 
Bob Iger over at Disney and and some you know other corporations that have pulled off of X for a little while because we're kind of we don't like what Elon is doing with X. They're they're leftists. They don't like the fact that he's restored free speech on X for the most part, and that they're not censoring uh, conservatives, and that Donald Trump is welcome to come back on X and so on. And so you know Bob Iger is he's a weirdo. He's he he uh, is a, is a far leftist. So we're getting off of X. We're not going to advertise on X. We're not going to be on X and so on. Elon and cut number six <coughs> had, uh, well, on live television, this is what he told Bob Iger. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. <laughs> what? But go f*** yourself. Whoa! <laughs> is that clear? Do I need to spell it out for you? Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. (laughs) Hi, Bob. How you doing? Do I need to draw you a picture? Yeah. Basically. Oh, my God. That's funny. So, well, you know. It's the the laughter in the background. uh, Yes. they don't know whether or not they should be laughing. They don't know what to do. And that's live television. Yeah. But that's Elon. And some of these guys, now I, uh, now I, I certainly would never talk this way, but some of these guys in the positions of the Igers and the other, they need to hear something like that. We're not, I don't care, I'm not kowtowing to you. You cannot order me around just because you're going to blackmail me with advertising. You forget about it. You're not going to order me around. I'm going to do what's right. And I think that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, he's brash in the way he said it, but uh, right. quite frankly, in the boardrooms of America, that's how they talk. Yeah. <laughs> that is it, right there. Right. So he yeah, just and uh, besides, when he needs to put a few dollars in the swear jar, yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt him. It's much. not going to be a problem. No. He'll put a <laughs> put a new truck in the swear jar. Get a swear tank after that. Meeting. By the way, Elon, I'll I'll drive one of those if you want to bring it on down here. I'll I'll yeah. drive one. We'll make a deal out of it. Same here. Take okay. For a spin, like I'm going to take one for a spin today. You can- <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to take a look at this for a long time. Have you time. really? Yeah, like a couple of years. Well, I don't know where they're going to be available. Do they have them available at, de- at dealerships? You, you, you had to pre-order. You had to pre-order. That's what I thought. Because so they have to take, make it. For yeah, it. it's going to take some time. Yeah, right. They don't make them right mm-hmm. off the bat, and yeah, yeah, until you order. I tell you what, I'm going to do. Uh, you know, we're going to take the news break here, and on the other side of the news, I'm going to get into some of this uh, sound from Joe Biden. Okay. Uh, he was in Colorado yesterday, and one of the things, and I'll get into this in a little bit, one of the things that I keep asking you is, if your child school bus driver talked like Joe Biden talks and sounds like Joe Biden sounds, would you put your child on that bus with that school bus driver? So you'll hear coming up at 635 in just a couple of minutes. Tell about Hess Fitness Products and the great job that Hess Fitness Products is always doing. In fact, I just love the folks over at Hess Fitness. I love what they do for our community. I love how they're helping us all stay in great shape and work out and feel better and look better and all of those things they do over at Hess Fitness Products. Um, they, they know what they, uh, the questions they need to ask you, the things they need to find out from you so they can match you with the right piece of equipment. And you can work out in the comfort and safety and security of your own home when you buy your gear from Hess Fitness Products. They always have the best price guarantee, too, whether it's for your home or your commercial facility. They've been doing this since 1981. That's 40 years. Stop by, meet the friendly staff. You look better, feel better, and do more. Hess Fitness Products, 281 and Thousand Oaks. Don't go through another year with that awful joint pain. Yeah, I love a rainy night. Well, I love a rainy night. Well, 
Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Same album with Driving My Life Away. Good stuff. 1980. Eddie Rabbit. Missed that guy. Uh, 6.37 now. Trey Ware, KTSA. Okay, I'm going to dive into the sound real quick, and then we're going to take a break and come back with Chip Roy. That's the plan for this half hour. Um, and let me just set the sound up with something I keep going back to because I, I want this to, to penetrate your brain, your noggin, and, and then maybe you share it. President Joe Biden is supposedly the president who is the leader of the free world, et cetera, et cetera, right, 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 you know, the pinnacle of power and so on. I've said since the beginning of this presidency, he's not the guy. It's Barack Hussein Obama who's still president of the United States, right? Joe's just a figurehead who signs the paperwork, then he goes back to bed. The left, because of their business insider uh, paper over the weekend, the left has a fantasy about Trump dying. And they're all talking about it now. It's all out, man. They're just all about, you know, well, Trump might die before the election happens, right? Uh, And you look at Joe Biden, and you listen to Joe Biden, and you hear a man who very clearly has something, uh, you know, it's it's second-stage dementia, or it's something, or he's drinking, or something, okay? Something's going on with the guy because he can't form a coherent sentence. He can't even read a teleprompter. And by the way, we're not talking those little bitty teleprompters like I've worked with in the news business. We're talking about a giant screen television they put in front of him. He can't even read that anymore. And he slurs his words. So here's how I want you to think about this. As you're listening to Joe, if you took your six-year-old down at the bus stop and the bus driver opened the door and sounded like Joe sounds, would you put your six-year-old on the bus? Here he is meeting some workers at a factory in Colorado yesterday. These are just blue-collar dudes who make windmills. And he walks up to one as he meets him, and he says this. This is Nick. Hey, Nick. This is uh, Nick. Oh, now, look, my, my Marine carries out. It has a code to blow up the world. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He just walks up to a blue-collar worker in a factory and says, Hey, man, my Marine has a code to blow up the world. With a hey, nuclear look, my, my Marine carries out. It has a code to blow up the world. Oh, my God. You know, uh, why would he say that to a blue-collar worker at a manufacturing facility in Colorado? Why? All right, let's go to cut number four. During the speech, he was giving about how great the economy is and how wonderful Bidenomics is. His White House had said he was going there with a planned attack on Lauren Bobert, the congresswoman from there, because she wants to get rid of Medicare and Social Security and all those things. Well, let's let's hear what he called Donald Trump. Cut number four. We could use it to strengthen the Social Security and Medicare system instead of cutting them or like Congressman Trump and Bobert want to do. Mm-hmm. Like Congressman Trump and Bobert want to do. And again. If your child's school bus driver slurred his words like this guy is, would you allow your child to get on the bus with somebody who sounds like cut number two? Here he is. Here in Colorado, the wind turbine manufacturing vistas is, is investing $40 million to expand its factory and hire an additional 1,000 employees. Solar manufacturer Ber- Meyer Berger is building a new solar cell factory just down the road in Colorado Springs. 
giant teleprompter, can't even get the words out right. I'm not making fun of the guy. I'm pointing out to America and to the world that this guy, who thinks Donald Trump is a congressman, who is telling blue-collar workers, my Marine can blow up the world, he's got a code to blow up the world, and all of that stuff right there, just stuff he's making up at this point. Oh, we can get further. In cut number three, he tells some South Koreans there at this thing that he's friends with their dear leader. Go right ahead. But but I am friends with your leader, Mr. Moon. You know, we're, we're, we're good guys. I am friends with your leader, Mr. Moon. The South Korean leader is not Mr. Moon. Mr. Moon left, President Moon Jae-in left the office at the end of 2021. The current South Korean president, Yoon, is, um, well, somebody that Joe has interacted with. Yoon suk Yeol, somebody that he has interacted with in the past year. So, you know, if you're president of the United States, you probably should know that Moon is no longer the head of South Korea. But again, yesterday... He said he was having a conversation with Deng Xiaoping in the Himalayas. Deng Xiaoping died in 1997. So once again, let's listen to cut number three, Don, and I want you to pay close attention after he says, I'm friends with your leader, Mr. Moon, and see if you can figure out, maybe we'll do a contest if you can figure out what he said. Go ahead. But but I am friends with your leader, Mr. Moon. You know, you know we're, we're, we're good guys. We're, we're, we're right. So, again, you take little Charlie, six years old, down to the school bus, and the school bus driver slurs his words and makes up stuff that he has no idea what he's talking about and uh, world leaders and calls Donald Trump a congressman. Are you going to let your child on a bus? And Democrats, I know that you don't want to answer the question, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to ask it. Why are you going to vote for this guy? Why? Why did you vote for him in the first place? You knew who he was then. But even if you can claim ignorance on the first time because the media hid him from you, and the media is hiding this from you as well, you're not going to hear what I just did. You're not going to hear that on any other uh, news channel. They're hiding the true, the real Joe Biden from you. But why would you vote for him? Knowing what you know and knowing that he has something going on up here that ain't reality, knowing that, why in the world would you vote for him again? Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. As we grow older, the most important thing to flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Today's news. Extremely important. Told here. We've got a story to tell. We're going to go out and tell it. This is the KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. Trey Ware here. It's 650 KTSA. Right to the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. My Congressman and Don, I'm going to have to have you punch the button there, if you don't mind, on line 11. My Congressman uh, Chip Roy is now joining us here on KTSA once again. And, Congressman, it's always, always a pleasure to have you on. 
Trey, great to be on. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a blessed Thanksgiving. Uh, I did. Unfortunately, I'm now back up in the swamp, but, uh, you know, but that's the job I hired on for. I saw where you were on Thanksgiving. Man, went to Lukenbach, Texas with family. That's awesome. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah, we spent uh, we spent the day. Uh, Friday, we managed to get over to the Texas Texas Tech game, um, or such as you want to call the game. And then Saturday, we're Lugabach and Comfort. You know, they've got a great Christmas parade in Comfort. And had a good time uh, visiting with constituents and uh, celebrating with family. It's, it's beautiful in the Hill Country at this time of year. I, um, I have a headline I want to read to you, and then let's talk about this uniparty that you're fighting so hard against. And I guess my point is, what the Republicans have been trying for many, many years now under several different leaders has not been working. So let's try something a little bit different. Maybe we try the Chip Roy way and uh, and get serious about some fiscal responsibility. But here it is. More Americans than ever think the U.S. is headed in the wrong direction and Congress's approval is near rock bottom. Chip, with that all being said and the case, why do we keep doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result? Yeah, Trey, it's a good question. I mean, look, um, the fact is uh, the average American family, there was a report on CBS just a couple days ago, are now having to spend $11,000 more in any given year just to keep up with where they were in January of 2021 when the Biden administration came in. The Democrats in Congress, through their rampant spending, um, are blowing the lid off of inflation. And they don't have a path forward for actual strong economic growth and restoring the American dream for our kids and grandkids. Our borders are wide open. We are more at danger around the world than we've ever been. Uh, Suicide rates are up. Life expectancies are going down. All of this is a product of the radical left trying to control your life, trying to make it to where your cars are too expensive while they choose unicorn energy theories. And now EV cars are stacking up on the lots of car dealerships. We all know this. Most of my Republican colleagues acknowledge all of that and campaign against it. Okay, great. But then when push comes to shove, the uniparty all comes together, Washington, Democrats and Republicans, and they start, oh, well, Chip, you have to understand, we've got a really important thing we've got to do with defense, and we just have to suck it up and keep spending money because we just need to do it for the troops. We just need to do it so that we can have an uh, intel FISA bill that's really uh, important for you know, fighting our enemies. And some of us are sitting back and saying, guys, most of us get those things, right? I represent San Antonio. I represent Fort Sam Houston. I love the military. But they can't be used as an excuse to spend ourselves into oblivion, to pass a FISA reauthorization. And what that is for everybody listening is the foreign intelligence surveillance that was abused against average American citizens, collecting private data. It was used politically in the Department of Justice. We have to reform it. And so up here in town, when you try to constrain spending, when you try to limit the power of government, the buzzsaw of the uniparty runs against you. And so right now we're fighting that fight currently on the National Defense Authorization Act, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the spending bills, and importantly, this burning desire to send more money to Ukraine instead of focusing on securing our own border. So my position is it's very clear. Do not put anything on the floor of the House, Speaker Johnson, nothing involving Ukraine, until H.R. 2, our strong border security bill that we passed out of the House, is signed into law by the president, and metrics demonstrate that we no longer have a flood of human beings into the United States. Then and only then, put a bill on the floor to debate Ukraine, and frankly, we would then have a big war about whether we should send a dollar over there, making sure it's paid for, etc. Well, Congressman, and you and I have had this discussion many times, we need to stop, we need to outlaw actually the omnibus uh, uh, 
uh, bills and, and get to where we argue over each and every spending item. Because if the American people knew what we wasted money on every year, the American people, if they knew about it and had to pay for it out of their paychecks uh, every two weeks, there would be an uprising in this country like we've never seen before. So instead of you know piling it all, and I, I know how you feel about this because you've, you've talked about it here on the show, instead of piling everything in, def- defense and everything, in one bill, and let's do a quick pass, which is what they're looking at doing again when it comes down to the, to the holidays. Let's make a quick pass. Let's move on. Uh, instead of that, let's argue over each and every bill, every one of them. Yeah, I mean, Trey, that's exactly right. And, we, and we've been making that case over the last yeah. year. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are frustrated. I am too. Yeah. Saying, well, you guys made all these changes, but then you fought again over the speaker. And look, it's been a bit of a messy process. A lot of uh, breaking glass, a lot of sausage being made, as they say. But last year when we got those changes, we did pass seven appropriations bills. We did pass the most conservative border security bill we've ever passed. We passed the most conservative defense authorization bill, a bill that would ratchet back all of the abortion, tourism, the transgender surgeries, the right. DEI, the critical race theory, killing our military. And we got all those things done. There's a few more approach bills we could get finished. That's the spending bills. But the powers that be in this town, they just want to cut a big deal, what we call a four corners deal. That's the, the, the Speaker of the House, the leader in the, uh, the Democrat, you know, the minority leader, the majority leader in the Senate, the minority leader in the Senate. They sit down in a room with their staff and they just tell us what we're going to have to go do. And we're telling Speaker Johnson, under no circumstances are you to do that. And we've got to continue to, to have the process move forward the way it's supposed to. And if we can't get the appropriations bills done, here's the good news. Because of all the hard work we did last May in the debt deal, right. a debt deal that, as you know, and your listeners know, I did not love. It did not go far enough. Right. But we did, we did get the automatic cuts embedded into it. So if we can't get the appropriations bills done in time, under no circumstances should we do an omnibus bill like you just described. We should let an automatic CR trigger at least the cuts that are embedded in that uh, deal that we did last Memorial Day. That's the pressure to force us to do our job. So if we don't do our job, no omnibus, automatic cuts go into place, and that's actually a good thing. Yeah. Before I have to let you go because of the top of the hour, um, I get asked all the time because I obviously express my support for you, uh, but I get asked all the time by our listeners, why DeSantis over Trump? So I want to take you a little bit into the, the, the politics realm and have you address that because I get asked that question every time I have you on. So y- your thoughts on that? Yeah, sure. And I mean, I know a lot of your listeners support President Trump. I, of course, support President Trump and the policies that, that he enacted in the four years he served. Not perfectly. There were some things he did I didn't agree with. He cut a deal with Paul Ryan to, to, to choose a bad border security package, so we never got it passed. Uh, he was working with Paul Ryan on the stupid uh obamacare repeal and replace that failed because it wasn't a great bill so there's some bad things but a lot of great things secure the border our standing in the world standing with israel moving the embassy to jerusalem a lot of great things so and obviously the supreme court appointments so my reason for supporting ron DeSantis is pretty simple he's young he can serve for eight years he won florida by a million and a half votes trey stop and think about that four years ago you never would have bet a republican would win florida including miami dade by a million and a half votes because he is so unbelievably effective. Post-hurricanes, rebuilding Florida, the amount of people moving to Florida, the low um, crime rates, the extent to which he took on Disney and won and knocked down the corporate behemoths, the extent to which he's taking on the higher ed. And let me say one thing about Ron DeSantis that you don't know and your listeners don't know. Big donors were trying to convince DeSantis to back away from abortion in the spring, to not sign the six-week bill. And they were going to give him tens, hundreds of millions of dollars to his super PAC. 
he told them to pound sand. He said, I'm not doing that. I'm standing up for the people of Florida. We're going to stand up for life, and I'm going to win this race anyway without all of your blood money. He is a good man. He served in the military. His wife is wonderful. He has three kids. He's in his mid-40s. He can serve for eight years. He won 62% of the Hispanic vote. He won 50% of single female voters. I am proud to stand alongside Ron DeSantis. Primaries matter. Nobody gets anointed. Whoever wins the primary, I'll go support. That's how it works. Fair enough. Very And very well said. Congressman Chip Roy, it's always an honor, sir. I appreciate your time, as always. All right. God bless, Trey. Take care. I'll see you soon. Okay. Uh, quick break, and then where and Rima at 705 KTSA. Del Wamsley and the Wealth Cycle. This is.